Well, welcome to Q&A. We're so glad that you've decided to join us um, after the service this morning. So this is your opportunity. If you have questions from the sermon this morning, we'd love for you to text them in. Doug will be here in just a minute, um, and we'll take the opportunity to answer those questions. So the number's up on the screen, and would ask that you text them in. So we did actually receive a question I um, wanted to go ahead and answer about the layout. So that was the message memo um, that Doug would use using this morning. You can find it on our homepage. So if you go to cfcjacks.com, uh, you can find it on the homepage under sermon notes. Or if you're watching through our website, there's a tab in the upper right-hand corner that'll open that up for you. And it, we refer to it as our message memo. Um, and you can pull it from there. And so, but, and we'll also post the completed version of that this week. So that way, if anybody missed any of the blanks, you can fill them in. Um, a really powerful uh, end of the service, talking about what breaks the Lord's heart that also breaks ours. And so as Doug said, if nothing popped into your mind immediately, that's okay. It's something to, to pray over and consider. And so have one of those pieces here. And if you're joining us online and miss this, it's really just a reminder of a representation of what's broken. Um, and so it's really amazing to see people walk up and place their pieces of rubble on there. Brought a piece with me this morning. So even if you've watched online, I'm sure we all have a piece of rubble or something around our house that could serve as a reminder um, if you weren't here this morning. Although this one does shed a little bit. (laughs) It's a little dusty this morning. That's the reality of rubble right there. Yeah, it leaves a mark. Yeah, and it'll mess up your life. It'll make your life a little dirty Mm -hmm. and messy. That's the reality. That's why we tend to probably, well, I'm going to jump in here. (laughs) No, no, go ahead. (laughs) It's probably one of the reasons we stay stay away from it, because Mm -hmm. we'd like our lives to be orderly and clean, and um, you can't get involved with rubble and, yeah, and stuff not fall out of it. Yeah, it's going to mess up our life. So. uh, It's going to leave a trail. Um. Let's see here. Oh, I got a message to move my mic over more. (laughs) We can certainly do that. And so we did also have a question about where to find the message memo. So we can post the completed one today. Oh, okay. Did I go too fast? I I was struggling to keep, but I got them. So we'll post it as well today in case anyone missed any blinks um, on there. So super powerful this morning to be up there um, and just see different hands placing Mm -hmm. The rubble on there. Right. What was what? What would you write, or what did you write on yours? I wrote um, "unreached" on mine. The fact that um, billions in our world don't know there's a Jesus to believe in. It does break my heart. It define, and therefore, it has uh, defined one of the things that we've wanted to emphasize here at the church. It uh, determines almost all of our uh, financial giving uh, as it relates to outside the, mm-hmm. the local church and our and family in need. But um, so it's the unreached driving home. My wife came Thursday night, and, and uh, so we had a conversation afterwards, and and not surprising, she wrote uh, widows on hers. Because, and I think part of that for her is the story of her her dad died when she was in her late 20s. And so she watched her mom uh, go through life when she was, the rest of her life, when when we were 300 miles away. 
And she was so moved by a neighbor and, and folks who were willing to, to pick up her mom, take her to the grocery store, to uh, help her out when she needed help that, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. So, so Jackie, then uh, we lived off of Greenland Road at the time, and she uh, saw the widow across the street and really started investing in her, committing a day a week to to go over and, and take her to the grocery store and walk so slowly between the car and the store and just the slow process in the grocery store and then to pick up medication. And, mm. and, um, and I don't mean to say it, but it was the, I remember I'd think, oh man, that would be really, really hard for me. Sure. Yeah, but Jackie would often come back to some, I wanted so badly for somebody to do this for my mom mm. that I am that person for somebody else's mom, and I'm going to be that person. So it was very personal, and that's, if I have one, I have lots of concerns uh, about this process, um, that we're not just moved emotionally, though it was very emotional for me, um, that my concern is, that we don't become just broken by the the massive things in our world um, to the oversight of the literal people that God has placed around us who are broken and burned. And so the so believing that the Holy Spirit will guide us into uh, world global issues as well as very personal next door neighbor hmm. co-worker issues that uh, that's what i'm asking the lord to do in my heart and because i i can write unreached on here and then i can also recognize that 80% of the people who live on my street don't know the lord now they know there is a jesus to believe in but they don't know the Lord. So there's both of those, that the lost around me and uh, the unreached in the world are both burdens on my heart. Mm. So one of the— How about you? Know, you? Oh, for me, um, I put the abandoned, like the abandoned and the ignored, like those who um, don't have like a loving family or a loving friend. Mm. It's always been something I've tried to instill in our kids as well, like mm. to find the person who's alone. Um, yeah, it's just always been something on my heart that someone would go through life alone or and be abandoned. You don't have to have an answer to this, but um, any sense of why that is? I don't. That's a great question. I don't yeah. know. It's not something I experienced as a child. Yeah. But praise right. the Lord. Um, I don't know, but it's just as soon as right. we, as you were talking about this in the service about what you would write down, it's just the abandon just hit my mm. heart, and so I don't. And then it's making me think back to, oh, well, we've always encouraged the kids in that, or we've always right. tried to keep our eyes up and open right. for finding someone um, who needs a friend. Okay. So, but I, no, I don't know what the— yeah. That's why I said there doesn't past. have yeah. to be—that I have to be, oh, this is the reason. That's, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, it's the reason because uh, as children of God, we've been given the Spirit of God, and so the Spirit of God in you is put on your heart what is on his heart, that the, mm-hmm. the, the lonely are not ignored. I think about kids in our neighborhood yeah. that um, our kids play with on a regular basis, and I don't know all their home lives. 
And so when kids are in our yard, or mostly they're just in the yard, like I want them to feel loved, right? You know, by our family, by our home. And so that's always been something that I just want them to have a place where they feel loved and safe. And that's something my parents provided for a lot of uh-huh. kids uh-huh. and even young adults. Like it was always the place where people wanted to be. be. And that's what we've always desired our home, huh. that it would be a safe place, a place for love. Good. So there's a little reason there. Yeah, I guess there's now that I think about it a little further. <laughs> but but. Sometimes we think maybe from a negative standpoint, but from the positive right. standpoint, that the heart of God was shaped in you uh, by the example your mm-hmm. parents set, which is, a, which is a powerful story for all of us to go, how are we uh, setting the heart of God before our own kids um, so that they are capturing the heart of God in that process? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now is, you know, we've talked about, you know, what's placed on our heart. Um, a follow-up question here. So then what do we do with that? Yeah. So what do you do with that that the Lord's put on your heart? <laughs> and maybe that's that? coming. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not, no maybe to that. The whole, uh, we set the stage this morning for the rest of the book. Every passage we will look at from now on will be the answer to that question now what? What do I do with this overwhelming, and by that, I mean, that which just causes me to mourn. What do I do with that? And so we'll see what Nehemiah did first, and then we'll see what Nehemiah did next, and then we'll see what Nehemiah did next, and then we'll see what Nehemiah did next. And and why this morning was so important, Tracy, was because if I don't define this, then we're just studying history and mm-hmm. we're admiring a man. But if we define this, what was on his heart and what was on, what's on our heart, if we'll define what's on our heart, then we can look and go, all right, what did he do and how would I do that? And what does his example set for me? And sometimes it's going to be positive and, and sometimes not so Right. Not so, because uh, Nehemiah was a real dude who, not a perfect dude. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have some stumbles along the way, like Nehemiah had some stumbles along the way. So uh, uh, I think we're in for a good journey together, and it'll be all the more real when I define what breaks my heart, like mm. broke, like what broke his heart. So it might be something different, but that's going to be the key. What next is coming? So I'm not trying to be Bill. Uh, you got to come <laughs> back on May 1. Uh, uh, that's verse 4 is the catalyst for what happens in the rest of the letter, the book. So uh, we'll see. And, and there's no, it's not complicated. What, what's he do next? He fasts and he prays. That's what the rest of the, the five things. I sat down, I wept, mm-hmm. I mourned for days, fasted, and prayed. So those are the five things that we'll, we see. So there was some mourning and, mm-hmm. you know, not a manipulative time. It was very emotional for me to sit there and watch pe- people write their words on it, or some people writing initials of mm-hmm. names of people. Um, some, you know, you would appreciate this. Uh, an individual wrote the friendless and put it up there. And, and I think God rejoices, not in the brokenness, but in our being broken about the brokenness because that's where change begins. Right. 
So I, I've said that like seven times now. <laughs> it's where it begins, though. But it's a key part. You've got to yeah. start. Yeah. You've got to start. So I hope if you watched online, um, I hope what you'll do is make sure that you'll get every, honestly, that you'll get every week of this series because mm. every step along the way is an important next step in how change happens so that the broken and burn move from broken and burn to restored. Not perfect, but right. restored. Right. Yeah. yeah. Super excited for the coming weeks, the rest of the series. So we actually had a question from last week that we didn't have an opportunity to get to from Easter, um, which we did an Easter follow-up if anyone was missing that. We didn't do it on Easter Sunday, but you can find it on our website. Um, Where? What, what did we do? We did a separate <laughs> podcast <laughs> for the Easter Q&A that I just did not explain appropriately. Um, it says, how can you know if you are healed enough of things you've gone through to be able to help others? So this was talking about back with Easter, the implications oh. of the resurrection and pain, but could apply oh. here. Okay, so the question, again, how can you know you are healed enough, enough? of things you've gone through? to be able to help others? What an interesting question. Um, I would, <laughs> there's not a, um, I, I wouldn't be able to give an exact statement along that path except this. I only have to be one, one step ahead. Mm. If I'm leading someone, I, only have to, I don't have to be a mile ahead. In fact, if I'm a mile ahead, I'm probably so distant from them, they can't connect to me anymore. That's a good point. So I want to be one step ahead of, and again, not because I'm better, so that I can help them take a next step as well. So I think sometimes we feel like we have to be so put together before we can help people, but put together people often are like the person a mile ahead. Uh, that's that's too too distant for me to connect to. So um, maybe that's too vague. But you don't have to be far ahead; just one step in the process to help them. Now, you may go, well, we can both be at the same spot. <laughs> navigating together. And that is true. Being ahead would would help a per one step ahead would help a person navigate the next step, but it's more a matter of not how much am I healed, but quite frankly, am I seeking to listen to the Lord and say yes to the Lord in that healing process. That's that's more. It's not how far are you? But what's the condition, the, the, uh, the disposition of your heart before the Lord in your own pain? Because we, that's the most important thing we model. Do we believe the Lord? Do we trust the Lord? Do we believe what the scripture says about what he can do in our lives? And if my heart is there, then I can help somebody. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, so next question, uh, what used to break my heart for God doesn't affect me like it used to. I asked God today to help me with that, but I'm concerned that I'm too caught up in my own problems. What mm. can I do with this? What a great, uh, what a great acknowledgement. Mm. Um, 
that question reflects the potential for all of us. Mm-hmm. We, we think about this expression of a conscience being seared. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, where my conscience used to go, hey, don't do that, that's wrong, that's wrong. But when I ignore my conscience time and time and time again, then I am searing my conscience so that I am making myself numb. The mm-hmm. searing, the burning, uh, is to take away is to bring a numbness to take away the feeling that's intended to bring me to sorrow and repentance. So, if that's the case, and you're not uh, unusual in that at all, I mean, all of us could say in different things, things that used to bug me don't bug me as much anymore. Uh, Then, so what do I do with that? I go, Lord, I want my heart to be soft to what is on your heart. That's what, you, that's what you pray. Lord, I confess that I'm not burdened by what I used to be burdened with. The things that, that don't give you glory don't bug me like they used to. And it may be because, I think the, the statement was, because I've become so preoccupied mm-hmm. by my own world. By my own problems. Yeah, by mm-hmm. my own problems. That's what's compelling about Nehemiah. It was, it was outside of his world. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage you uh, and me, Lord, I want my heart to be soft and tender, responsive to what breaks your heart. That's uh, love. The first Corinthians 13 talks about not rejoicing in unrighteousness. So there's a a brokenness about unrighteousness that loved us. So ask the Lord, to give you his heart. Ask the Lord to soften your heart. A heart of stone becoming a heart of flesh again, something that feels and and something that is willing to be broken. It's hard to be broken, though. It is. Yeah. uh, And I do think it's a grace of God that I'm I'm not broken by everything that is broken, because I think that would be... Difficult to function, right? But in protecting myself, I, I don't want to isolate myself from everything that is broken. But that's easy to do. You, Very easy to do. You know, I remember as a kid, those those um, I don't know if I call them infomercials or they weren't really infomercials. They wouldn't sell, but the the hungry. And they'd show, you know, 30 mm-hmm. minutes of, uh, I think her name was like Sally Struthers. I'm like dating myself at <laughs> the time right now. <laughs> but, you know, they would show children with the bloated stomach and mm-hmm. children without food and children with the tears and children with the flies on them. And it was so um, disconcerting because mm-hmm. you're sitting in your comfortable in, home, in comfortable food, home right? eating popcorn and drinking a Coke and and everything's fine, and you go, I don't want to watch that. That, that. That's uncomfortable for me. If we do that in all of life, then we're going to not have God's heart. So I think we get God's heart by time in the Scriptures, because mm-hmm. that gives us heart, and by taking an honest look at what's happening in our world and mm-hmm. asking the Lord. Absolutely. So don't ignore the, that second thing I said that wasn't a throwaway line. Being in the scriptures, mm. giving yourself to worship, music, 
uh, it gives us, uh, it lifts up our eyes to what's on the heart of God. That's what Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 4. Uh, lift up your eyes to the ripened field. Sometimes we're so looking down into our world that we don't have our eyes seeing the brokenness around us, the opportunity to make a difference around us. So being in the scriptures is part of lifting up our eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and we will post the uh, completed version of the message memo this morning. Just look for the message memo button on our homepage, and hope you guys have a great day.